I'm your husband, host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife, host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. Welcome back to the mainland. Here we are. We're back. This is the new world. I call it America. (laughs) (laughs) Have you experienced any land sickness? Uh, Not land sickness. I don't get seasick, but there's been a lot of like, whoa. (laughs) Where you feel like you're still on the ocean, but you are not. Well, it's like you walk around so much and your inner ear is trying to like shift and compensate and your legs get used to like kind of compensate. And then you get on dry land and you're like, oh, the world is moving. Oh, yep. my, my, my. But we're back now. That happened to me a little bit yesterday. Uh, I mean, the day before. I mean, you know, when we got back. Yeah, it's trailing off for me yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. But we're back. It was another great Joko cruise. So uh, much uh-huh. fun. So much friends. Wonderful people. We did a great show. Uh, did a Schmanners, and then we guested, which you'll get to hear later, uh, on the Avatar podcast, Braving the Elements. Oh my gosh, we played a little like newlywed game, yeah. on the on there, and it was so much fun. Or as Jane and Varney called it, oldyweds. <laughs> we've been married for a while, uh, and yeah, it was great, man. It was wonderful. Had a great time. I got food poisoning, not from the cruise, not from the cruise, because I made some bad food choices and ate. Oysters at a questionable restaurant. Listen, I am not going to razz you about that because we were in Florida. Yeah. We could literally and it was see a seafood the water. Restaurant. Yeah. It was a seafood restaurant. It should have been fine. It was just a seafood restaurant basically in the equivalent of a Bass Pro Shop. That's It was called Outdoor Worlds. <laughs> you, do you think that it's wise to tell people this? That I got food poisoning from, from eating bad food choices? <laughs> no, at a specific place. Mm. Yeah, don't don't look it up, folks. But maybe don't <laughs> eat oysters there. Everything else was great. But we're back now. And I'm really looking forward to talking about this episode. Yeah. We're talking about sommeliers. Yes. I, I wanted to say it once before you said it a thousand a times. A thousand times. Um, we are talking about sommeliers. And the thing is, uh, there there's a lot. A lot. A lot about it. Um, we've been to wine tastings, and we've talked about wine tastings. We've talked about beer tastings. Have we talked about whiskey tastings? I think I'm we, sure have. we have. I sh- yeah. I'm sure that we have. Um, and it is something that if you imbibe, I mean, I'm sure that there are tastings of other things that are non-alcoholic that sure. one can Co- go chocolate, to. Chocolate oh, tastings, right. I guarantee. Uh, coffee tastings. Coffee tastings. Um, water tastings. Ooh. Do you think people do that with like different bottles? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Now I'm curious. We I'm, do oh, recommend the process. It is enjoyable, especially if you are led through it by someone who knows what they're doing. Now here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I'm a bit of a skeptic. Okay. When it comes to people who are like, it has notes of this and this and this and this, right? Okay. Where it's like, I don't know, maybe you tasted that, but like my tongue didn't taste, whatever. Um, I think that there are certain things that you can distinguish, like pepper, right? Peppery. But my point is, I'm saying, even if you're a skeptic about it, going through the process of a tasting where someone's like, you might detect this and this and this, is still fun. Like, it's still like a fun thing to do, even if you're like, I don't taste that at all. But sure, Sounds great. Um, now, I'll say this, and I've been trying to think of a way to say it that doesn't sound like a euphemism, okay. but your parents are wine enthusiasts. <laughs> which, 
They are. Yes. They are. Do they, are they able to do the like, take a sip of it and be like, ah, cherries and dirt? I I think that there are certain wines that they uh, they tend to, to drink from. Okay. So they have a specific winery that they patronize very often out in Oregon, mm-hmm. right? And I think with those wines, they are able to talk about those things because they drink so much of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really what you need to do in order to be able to talk about it that way. Yeah. You really have to taste it a lot um, and be familiar with, and we'll talk about this, be familiar with uh, the type of grape and the climate of the winery and the region and the soil. And like, it is specific, right? And do I think that my parents could do that with any wine? No. <laughs> do I think that maybe one or two wines from that specific vineyard, could they do? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, but... Here are the things that um, that a sommelier, 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 sommelier. Oh man, it is hard to look at this word and say it and think Somalier. about how many times I'm going to have to say it. Um, so, they, well, what you should definitely do is get in your head about get it. Get in your head about it. Um, so, these beverage experts often know things about, like I said, the region, the the grapes for wine sommeliers especially were grown in, what kind of barrels they might have been packaged in, um, what kind Donkey of... Donkey Kong barrels. Mmm, delicious. Mm. Uh, uh, you can really taste the ape. <laughs> what kind of, uh, of food might pair best with similar notes? And I'm not just talking white or red, right? Oh, of course not. Of course not. Oh. Uh, can you imagine how droll? <laughs> um, here are the things that actually make someone a beverage expert. Okay, or as we call it in the business, bevex. Bevex. Do we? Does anyone else? I've never. It's heard easier that. to say than sommelier. I guess that's true. Um, some people, right, are self-taught. People who've done a lot of rigorous studying on their own, or have maybe grown up alongside their libation of choice. Um, There are famous brewing families all over the world. Uh, For example, the Antonori family are some of the most famous Italian winemakers in the entire world. They have a Florentine winemaking tradition uh, and can be traced all the way back to the early 1200s. Ooh, that's a while ago. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, And in that way, you can probably become an expert in everything from like moonshine to tea right if you grow up with it long enough and i mean the experience is what helps make you an expert now but is there a difference between like if i devoted the next like 10 years right to studying wines and like memorizing stuff and learning stuff can i call myself a sommelier no okay there are people who have done that, right? Not Liars. call themselves Liars and cheats. But devoted themselves. For example, there is a pure leaf tea master named Alex White who underwent two years of vigorous training, which involved traveling to different tea estates so he could learn not only how to prepare the tea leaves but properly take care of them. Brewmasters of beer sure. are similar in this way, right? They might specialize in chemistry or engineering beforehand, sure. and then they know what goes into making a perfect pint. So the phrase sommelier literally means wine steward. Okay. 
uh, and it is given to people who are experts in wine. But, you know, the public consciousness kind of expanded sommelier to mean beverage expert in whatever a blank sommelier, beer sommelier, tea sommelier, yeah, but all that kind of stuff. Do you need like accreditation? Yes. So a master sommelier is someone who has gone through the uh, rigorous, rigorous exam process. Okay. Um, At like the DMV or something? <laughs> so the exam consists of three parts, the theory, the service, and the tasting. Ooh. I like, can I just say I'm a sucker for when it's like a uh, article, you know, like the something and it's like capitalized and it's like, ooh, that, oh, it's so definitive mm-hmm. and so, ooh. Here, here's something very interesting. Oh, good. Uh, the exam that I'm talking about is uh, the highest achievement in the world of wine. The exam has been in effect for over 40 years. And in that time, less than 300 people have earned the diploma. Ooh. 269 people, to be exact. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Maybe I'll be the 270th. Uh, maybe. I haven't. Now, listen, I haven't studied <laughs> at all. I have not done any research. But I, my brain is such that literally as soon as you're like, in 40 years, like less than 300 people, I'm like, well, I bet I could. Based on what you ask, hubris? Privilege? Audacity? Yeah, audacity. Some combination of those three <laughs> things where I'm just like, yeah, why wouldn't I be able to pass it? I mean, for reference, there are more U.S. Olympic gold medalists than there are master sommeliers. Well, look out, world, because your next one's sitting right here. And now I know what you're thinking. Travis, are you going to practice a bunch and study a bunch to get there? No. I'm going to rely on my charm, my street smarts, my wits. And I'm going to make it through with the heart of a champion. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is the test free to take? No. Sorry. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go through the different tests. Okay. So the theory. It is dedicated to comprehensive knowledge of wine laws and their regions. Okay. I know that that sounds simple, but regions become subregions, become districts, become villages. Yeah. Become subatomic particles. And you have to know about all of them. Like, there is no, like, study this one this year. You need to know about all of them from the past and from the present. And the future. I mean, maybe. <gasps> and you need to know who's going to get pregnant before it happens <laughs> in that village. Hey, do you taste this vintage? Yeah, what is that? I'm t- Ah, that's, she's, the vintner's wife was negative three months pregnant. That's where, <laughs> that's how you get those notes. Uh, you need a, a basic understanding of Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, French, German, and Hungarian. Oh, I, I don't think I have any of those. Nope, you don't. Okay. Um, and you also need to know which years were better for which regions. That's a lot. It is a lot. Um, Master sommelier Christopher Bates explains that this portion of the test requires a lifetime of knowledge. Oh, man. He told Forbes... While many questions may seem simple on their own, it is really about the amount of information needed to correctly answer one question. He goes on to explain, 
For example, if a question was asked about the location of a village in Germany, knowing where that one village is located is a very small part of the preparation for that question. To be sure that I get that one question correct, I have to learn about every major wine-producing village in Germany, broken down by region, in order from north to south and east to west, with the two or three most important villages in each. And in order to be able to recall that information on demand, I had to learn to draw a map from memory of every wine-growing region in the country. Wow. All for the sake of being able to answer one or two questions that, out of context, may not have seemed all that hard. Can you imagine Woo. doing that? And then you're like a sommelier at a restaurant and someone's like, does this one have a kangaroo on the label? And you're like, what? I'm like, I'll just take that one. What's your second cheapest? Not the cheapest one, your second cheapest. Second cheapest. Man, I can draw a map from memory of all of the ones in general. No, that's cool, that's cool. You got any blueberry wine? Oh my God. Oh man. I have tried blueberry wine. Eh. I don't like it. Now, hold on. Because <laughs> at Cooper's Hawk, it's really good if you mix blueberry wine and almond uh, sparkling, oh, and it tastes like a blueberry muffin. It does. Highly recommend. <laughs> that, saying that out loud made me feel like a teenager who's like, I don't know, man, but I like pour sugar in it. That is the first time first time I ever had wine, red wine. Um, Brent, my roommate in college, was in a play where they had like shaved his head and he'd grown a full beard and he looked very old, right? Mm-hmm. And so he put glasses on. And he was like, "I'm going to go to the liquor store and buy beer." Hey, listen, now I'm an adult. <laughs> don't don't do that. But he did, and he asked him because it was my 20th birthday. He was like, "What would you like?" And I was like, "Ah, red wine." He was like, "What kind?" I was like, "I don't know." So he bought some red wine. And I put it in a glass. We didn't have a bottle. It didn't have like a corkscrew. So uh, I tried to make one out of uh, a coat hanger, wire coat hanger wrap that I wrapped around. A pencil to make a corkscrew shape didn't work. Just ended up with a bunch of cork in the wine. I took a sip and I was like, oh, I hate this, and poured sugar in it. (laughs) Then it tasted like communion wine. Yeah, with hunks of cork in it. I was picking them out of my tape. Gross. Look at me now, world. (laughs) So uh, to give you a little bit of background on Christopher Bates, um, who said all of that about all of that. Exhausting. But uh, he earned his master sommelier diploma in 2013. And before that, he attended an Ivy League school and graduated in less than four years. Studying wine? Is that like a thing? No. No. Uh, And it took him four attempts to pass the test. Wow. That's just the theory part. Next is the service exam. Okay. I can't wait to hear all about it. But first... How about a thank you note for our sponsors? All right. This week, we're sponsored by Zola. Oh, we love Zola. Zola. Oh, Zola. Let me count the ways. (laughs) So many ways. You know, when you're getting married, it's not just the big day. There's so much leading up to it. There's so much after it. It really is a task. Yeah. It's about all the amazing days on the way there. From... Uh, proposals to book venues, you gotta print the invites. You have to climb the highest mountain to find the <laughs> brightest ruby. All that stuff, right? And it's it's the kind of thing where, in our experience, I remember it being like, "Well, it's done, right?" Like, "Well, did you do this? Okay, we'll uh, do that. Now yeah. it's done, right? Well, did you do this? Ah. So it's wonderful, wonderful. Now Zola has free planning tools that are there for you on your important days. They show you where to start, help plan every step along the way. They have venues and vendors listed, save the dates and invites to choose from, free wedding websites, and an amazing registry, all designed by wedding experts for couples like you. And I'm pointing 
in general to people listening. That would have been really nice because I carried around a very beat up spiral notebook. That I still have, by <gasps> the way. Do. Yes, because I love you. The Zola community is your place to share, celebrate, and vent with other engaged couples who know exactly what you're going through. And if you need expert help, and you there's Team Z, which is Zola's wedding advisors, ready to answer your questions. So from just engaged to the only thing left to do is say I do, Zola is here for all the days along the way. Just go to Zola.com slash schmanners. That's Zola.com slash schmanners. I also want to tell you about Cinnamon Chameleon, and it's not spelled at all the way you think. (laughs) Not at all. It's S-I-N-N-A-M-O-N-C-A-M-E-L-I-A-N. Cinnamon is a writer, and they have written some uh, sometimes cutesy, sometimes trashy sci-fi, fantasy, and contemporary romance books. You'll get a kick out of titles like A Trashy Pirate Romance, Sugar Plum Tea, and A Trashy Christmas Romance. It takes all kinds. I love it. It's available on Amazon, Smashwords, Nook, Kobo, Apple Books, and more. That's Cinnamon with an S. Grow your love. Thank you, Cinnamon, for helping sponsor the show. Make sure you check that out uh, wherever it sounds like you find ebooks. Two one zero raw security free beef and dairy all day. Max Fun Drive. Hey, chef, we got another one. Another Max Fun Drive. People know it's the best time to support the shows they love. You tell them I'll meet up days back? Sure did. They wanted to know about the live streams, though. Those are finishing up right now. We can even send one out on the first night, March 20th. March 20th, Chef! I'll give them a heads up. Uh, They also wanted the limited time thank you gifts for new and upgrading members. Yep, and we got some fresh episodes ready to go, too. All right, we got exciting live streams, meetup day, fresh episodes, limited time gifts. Oh, and Boca! Yeah, um, okay, let them know that Max Fun Drive 2023 will be ready on um, March 20th, and it'll only be two weeks. Two weeks, Chef! Max Fun Drive starts on March 20th for just two weeks. No problem. Order up! Shoot, I forgot their water. And now, a live reading from Rachel's Poetry Corner. Elephants Theremin's Clifton, Neopets Pore Strips Jepson, Pine Smell Jelly Beans Goalie Goals, Skittles Squirrels and the Mole. Celery Chopsticks Pumpernickel, A Case of You by Joni Mitchell. Lullabies Tie-Dye, The More You Know, all of these things on our wonderful show. All of these things and more wait for you on Wonderful every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Okay, now, where were we? We are on to the second part of the sommelier master sommelier exam called the service exam. Uh, It's it's a little, it's probably the most, I I don't know. Technical? No, actually the opposite. It's a little bit bizarre, okay? Um, Because they set up a mock restaurant and you have to show an example of a cool, calm, professional and collected person in this kind of cosplay environment. That's so funny. They do that in Parks and Rec. They do. When, I remember that. Uh, White Craig wants to do it, and they're like talking about putting ice in the wine and like. Well, because April Ludgate uh, just just crashes it. Well, right? cause, no, because they're trying to see if they can keep if he'll keep his temper while being the thing. He's like, ah, if you'll excuse me, and then he steps into like the soundproof thing and screams <laughs> a bunch, and then comes back and makes recommendations. 
so the the point of this, obviously, is for the adjudicators to have a chance to grade you how you perform under pressure, just like they did in that episode. Um, and high-end restaurant service can be very, very pressured. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to be informative but not didactic. Are you able to pair the wine that they picked for the first course during the first course, you know? Are you able to pair that with suggestions for the uh, the main course? Are you able to remain calm when somebody asks for something ridiculous like ice in their wine? Things like that. Hey, right? listen, if you're listening and you're like, I put ice in my wine, you do you. Don't listen to me. You know what you should do, though? What? Is you should freeze some of your wine ahead of time. Oh, get out of town. And put that in your wine. Welcome to Life Hacks. So that you don't water down your wine. There it is. Or maybe you do want to water down your wine. Who knows? And that's fine, too. It takes all kinds. That's what I'm saying. Different strokes for different folks. I've heard of people who freeze grapes. Like, you know, if you have white wine, you freeze uh, green grapes. Or if you have What about hot grapes? (laughs) No. No hot grapes. That's a Mabim Bam reference. I'm so sorry. What? Manners fanners. Don't know. How dare you? Maybe they don't listen to Mabim Bam. Well, then I'm giving them a little free taste. <laughs> Just a taste. Just like a wine taste. Just like a wine tasting. Um, so maybe it's also important that you have an experience of a belligerent customer so that you can figure out how you might address the situation and, you know, all of the interactions, like figuring out how to, like, like I said, like cosplay at a at a beautiful restaurant that you might be hired to. Well, because let's not lose sight of the fact that at the end of the day, you're still giving alcohol to people. So the chance yeah. of there being some belligerence on the rise, not on the question. Certainly. Okay. The third one, which I think is the most, like, just ephemeral this right? is the tasting? This is the tasting one. I feel like, uh, certainly I said at the beginning that there are certain sensations that you can peg on a wine, right? Like peppery. I think sure. that you can think about pepper and think about a wine that you've had and be like, oh, yeah, that's that's a peppery wine. Or fruit, right? I mean, Maybe sweet, you, right? Sweet. sweet is one where it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. But there's also like dry, right? Sure. Um, okay. So... You have a blind tasting of three white wines and three red wines. And one glass of poison. <laughs> Choose wisely. Iocane powder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but really... Hey, here's a twist, folks. Watch out. The Iocane's in all of them. That's a little spoiler from Master Small A. Travis <laughs> But really, they could be from anywhere, from any time in all of history, right? What? I mean, some bottles are really old. I wonder if they would waste those, like, no heirloom bottles on these things. No. Uh, so that breaks down in the time that you have to do it to four minutes and three seconds per wine. Wow. It's a timed event. Yes. Okay. Um, and you have to describe the structure, the body, the alcohol, right? The climate the wine is from. Wow. Whether it's new world or old world. And we'll talk about that in part two. Um, Possible varietals, possible age range. And then you have to say what you think the wine is. Wow. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah. It's. Do you remember the Bob's Burgers episode on the wine train? Yeah. I. It's a classic. It's a. It's a classic. 
And I am reminded of the blind tasting where <laughs> Bob is like, is it red? And Linda's like, no. <laughs> what He ends up winning it because she gives him the wine from the spit bucket. That's correct. Because they got drunk after watching Sideways and did it on a dare before, so you knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. How far do you think, if, if I said, here's a blind taste test, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I gave you a glass of wine. How how far down the line do you think you could get breaking it down? I think that I could tell you whether, I don't know if I could tell you if it was red or white. Really? But I do think I could tell you whether it was dry or or what's the opposite of the dry? Wet. <laughs> is it a wet wine? This is a moist wine. <laughs> or whether it was sweet. Is it dry or sweet? I think it is. I don't know. Man. I think dry or sweet and I could probably tell you. Uh, you don't think you could tell the difference between red and white? I don't think I could. If I was blindfolded? Yeah, I'm pretty confident I could. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. We might have to do this. With, like, oh, maybe we should do a wine tasting for the live stream for, uh, oh, for Max for Fun Drive. for the bonus content. That's a great idea. Yeah. I was yeah. going to do a baking thing, but now I kind of want to do this and see how far we can get. Let's let's we'll we'll run it past Amanda. Okay. All right. You could definitely tell if it was sparkling, right? Like, yes. Yeah, you could tell. I it was could sparkling. definitely tell sparkling. Um, I could probably tell if it was citrus, right? Because that kind of like lemony or lime or you know that sparkles on mm-hmm. the tongue. Sure. Right? Is that what people say? <laughs> yeah. Sparkles on the tongue, just like in Twilight. What? The vampire sparkle? Oh. That's what I was going to Their tongues aren't sparkle? I've never I don't seen know. it. I don't know how many times it's spent, uh, probably at least once in Twilight with their tongue just hanging out, right? <laughs> it's got to happen at least once. <laughs> All right. I'm a vampire. Uh. So, uh, for example, um, the 43 slot rubric from 2017, which is available on Master Sommelier. Mm, Mm. Yeah, got you. Available on Master Sommelier. Sommelier. You're oh leaving, my God. You're leaving out a syllable. Oh. Master Sommelier. Master Sommelier. You're, just, you're doing it too work. fast. You're doing it too fast. Dot gov. <laughs> Master Sommelier dot gov. <laughs> no, dot dot pizza. Stop it. Okay. Uh, six categories. Sight, nose, palate. Uh, Sound. <laughs> initial conclusions. Final conclusions. There's two palette. Okay. Because one for flavor notes and the other for bitterness and tannins. Of course. Right. Of course. Um, biff, biff tannins. Biff tannins. How are the biff tannins on this one? Man, I mean, I definitely, I definitely couldn't do that. No. I could not. I could, I mean, I don't, can I be honest with you? I'm almost 40 and I've drank wine in my life. I don't know what a tannin is. I don't know either. I don't know. I, is it some? I think that's the thing that they talk about gives you headaches afterwards. I don't know, man. I have no, I, I don't know if it's a solid, a liquid. Is it? What, what no, is it? It's a particle. It's a particle. It's, so you have like electrons, <laughs> you have protons, you have tannins. Oh, this is off the rails. Okay. Um, and so uh, you have to complete all three of the exam. Uh, and then will you earn the rank? And so like, so like it's each separate, it's like three tests. So it's not like, oh, well, I did great on this section and that makes up for the other section that I struggle with. No, no, no. 
You have, have to pass to, each. You have to pass each. And you have three years to pass all three parts. And if you don't succeed within the three years, you have to start over again oh with boy. all three sections. That's like when I lost my driver's license for a little bit. I, I because ran you out, physically lost it or did no, someone no, no. take it away from you? No, I ran out the time of my learner's permit. Oh, okay. I had you said le- you lost your license and I was like, is there a time in your life where they're like, no, 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 <laughs> you, you can't, can't drive You can't drive anymore. No, I waited too long to take my driver's test. So I had to retake the learner's permit test the day before so okay. that I could retake. So I could Not take nearly as dramatic as it sounded at first. Sorry. Because I know your driving record and I know that wasn't it. <laughs> Unless there was a time in your life that you've kept secret from me where you were out there just joyriding and doing donuts. Were you? I think I've done donuts once. Okay. So what? this is completely off topic and don't do this, friends. Uh, my friend... In college, and I used to play hands and feet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of us would be the feet, and the other one would be the hands in of, the, the steering of the steering wheel. Yeah. When don't I, do that. When I got it's, a new car. Bad. Hey, also, don't do this. When I got a new car, uh, it was my first car, and Griffin was driving with me, and we were like on a back road in Huntington, and I was like, I want to see how fast I can go, and I just gunned it. And the car, the speedometer maxed out at 120, and I only got up to 106 before Griffin's screaming <laughs> convinced me to slow down. But I think I could have gotten 120. Oh, now it was, it was a Hyundai Elantra, uh, which I think if it had gone to 120, it would have just fallen apart at the seams. <laughs> okay, so there are also rules. On don't do that, by the way. Don't do that. Don't do any none of those of things. These We're parents terrible. now. Don't do these things. Uh, there are rules on how you prepare. For example, you're never allowed to discuss specific questions with other candidates, only preparations, right? So you can only say, I prepared this thing and that thing. And I have a trifold foam core board yes. where I've put, what are grapes on? And I'm really hoping um, and I made a wine volcano. <laughs> they usually recommend that you do this with a community behind you, right? So like you should have a mentor, you should have a small study group, you should have a profession that allows you to be around wine as often as possible. Um, because without complete immersion, it's nearly impossible to pass the exam. Okay, let me pitch this, right? And if this movie doesn't already exist, I'll eat my hat. I'm not wearing a hat. I apologize. I ate it earlier. <laughs> but a movie in which it's like small town dive bar bartender who dreams of being a master sommelier. And he's like studying in the like small town to like study for this test. And it's like, he's like doing wine tastings at this like small town dive bar. Mm-hmm. And like people are like, okay, man, yeah, whatever you say. And they're like doing the wine tastings with him and stuff. And it's all about him like studying for this test and trying to become a master sommelier in this small town dive bar. Right? Write that movie. That's a good idea. TM, 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 Okay. So remember Christopher Bates from earlier? Yes, I do. He estimated that he invested well over $30,000 into testing fees and travel. He says, just taking the exam is three or 4000 bucks with travel costs and time off work. Ooh. But that does not include the thousands of dollars spent on wine for ongoing blind tastings prior to the test. Wild. Ooh, so. But you also have to that's, think. That's with, why. With less than 270 people, right, passing in 40 years, if you pass... You, the like you are writing your own ticket, right? Like if you're one of the like less than three hundred people who's classified as a master sommelier, you're paid, right? You're, I mean, you're you getting that money. Basically, just have to walk into a high end restaurant of your choosing 
with your literal certificate and right. say, pay me, uh, pay yeah. me, uh, what, 250K a year. It's going to be ridiculous, right? I don't know if that's a relative, how much that is for a sommelier, but. I bet it's more than that. You can probably just ask for as much as you want. Yeah, right? Yeah, maybe I should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next week, we will talk about some uh, ways to implement some cool tips from wine and beverage experts uh, without dropping that 30 grand on the terrifying exam. I mean, unless you, if you want to give us 30 grand to listen to the episode, it's not a requirement in (laughs) any way. And I don't even know how you would get it to us. Uh, I guess we have a PO box. Hey, don't send 30 grand through the mail. I don't do that. Is that legal? I don't know about legal. It just doesn't seem like a good idea. It doesn't. Unless it's in pennies. Take that government. (laughs) Don't do that to the post office. The post office is an independent, uh, government agency sure so you're not sticking it to anybody okay don't do that don't do that um okay so i want to tell you some exciting announcements before we wrap up first of all if you're listening to this on friday then the uh my brother my brother and me virtual live show is tonight including sawbones but even if you're not listening to it on friday video on demand is still available for two weeks so you can still watch it if you go to bit.ly slash mcelroy tours you can watch it there uh, tickets are only ten dollars, uh, so why would and you? And you're not? getting two shows for ten dollars, so basically you're losing money if you don't buy a ticket. That's a great point. Thanks, babe. That's a great point. It's at nine p.m. Eastern time, March seventeenth. Like I said, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's tonight. Uh, also, uh, we've got uh, new tour dates uh, for the upcoming year. Tickets go on sale today. Uh, at noon local time. So when you're listening to this, they might be out right now. We're going to be in Austin, Texas, doing My Brother, My Brother and Me at Moon Tower, uh, the Moon Tower Festival. Uh, We're going to be in Columbus, Ohio, Milwaukee, Raleigh, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, San Diego, California, all kinds of stuff. And some of these are makeup dates, right? Well, so the makeup dates is the one in April for San Jose and Denver. uh, And there are still some tickets available for that. So those will be Fancy Takes Flight. Correct. And the rest are sudden insane. Yes. Right. Okay. But you can get all the info on that and get those tickets at bit.ly slash McElroy Tours. Uh, make sure we've got our uh, generic podcast merch back in stock over at McElroyMerch.com. Make sure you check that out. And next week is Max Fun Drive. So we're going to have all kinds of fun events and live streams. And and bonus content. Bonus content, rewards uh, for when we hit like milestone goals, all kinds of stuff. So make sure you check that out. Uh, it's going to be at MaximumFun.org. And we want to thank... Our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make the show. I want to thank our researcher and writer, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make the show. And we want to thank you for listening and supporting us. Uh, we couldn't make the show without e- you either, frankly. There, I said it. I'm not afraid anymore. We also want to say thank you to Brent, Brentelfloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Bruja Benny Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, join that group today. As always, we are taking suggestions, questions, uh, just waves at our Gmail account, which is schmannerscast at gmail.com and say hi to Alex because she reads everyone. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it?
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.